0: Total Right now, your run rate, you know, they did about a million bucks in total project value across those eight shippers in January. Of the 400 loads that were processed, how many truck owners, the 1,200 on your platform, facilitated one of those 400 payments or 400 shipments?
1: So uh, out of the 1,200 that have joined the platform, we have actively used 700 during our lifetime till this point.
0: check it out right now at gitladka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Ajish Kapoor. He believes there's a better are better ways to do things. He rejects the status quo and is always looking to learn more so he can continue to improve each day. Numbers are constantly on his mind. Today, he's building Semicab.com to make transportation a competitive advantage. Ajish, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: Excited to do it, Nathan.
0: Okay. So who's paying for Semicab right now? Who are your customers?
1: So our customers are uh, large enterprises like uh, uh, Staples and PepsiCo, uh, Colgate, HP, uh, some of the smaller mid midsize uh, companies that uh, are always looking to move goods in a truckload, full truckload. When you see those large trucks out there, they're moving goods and they're not doing it very efficiently. So we are building this marketplace to uh, make them much more efficient than they are today.
0: So let's talk about the marketplace. How many people that own a truck do you have on your platform?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. It's a very fragmented market. Uh, we 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 have uh, an industry that is dominated by these numbers where people talk about bringing in uh, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, a million trucking companies on the platform. The fact of the matter is the uh, U.S. market is dominated by small carriers and owner-operators, close to somewhere around 600,000 legal entities that are operating trucks. We try to be very targeted in how we bring in partners into the ecosystem. So we have about 1,200 carriers, but we try to create a very long-term relationship with them. So we are uh, not just addressing the shippers who are paying for transportation, but these guys that we uh, we take good care of and build uh, a more predictable revenue stream for them. So they are uh, taking va- advantage of the marketplace.
0: And over your entire company lifespan, how many shippers who pay for transportation have paid at least a dollar through your platform?
1: So we, again, uh, over on that side also, we try to bring in a small number of shippers that we want to create a core with. And once we have built the core up to a reasonable size, that's when we start attracting the smaller mid-sized shippers. So we when we bring in a, uh, a large shipper, uh, this, this large enterprise, we don't really have uh, a good sense in the market of what kind of numbers they represent. So a large beverage company may spend somewhere around a billion dollars a year just on the truckload part of it moving goods.
0: No, I get that Ajish, but how many do you have that have paid at least a dollar through your so full we, life, we, lifetime.
1: Yeah, we we, we started uh, bringing on customers at the end of 2020. And we have eight customers uh, that we have brought on during this time.
0: Okay, got it. So 20, now when did you launch? 2020 is when you got your trucker, but when did you launch the business?
1: We launched the business in 2018. We wanted to build out the platform. We wanted to, the first time we were introducing this kind of technology, the predictive optimization technology. So we tested that out over a very, very large uh, data set before we actually launched and went to the market.
0: And And help us understand Velocity today. Let's just look at January of 2022. What's the total project value that went through your platform in those 30 days?
1: Yeah, so that that has been a pretty crazy growth for us. So when we talk about April last year, April of 2021, right in the middle of COVID, when we are acquiring these customers and moving goods, we started with, let's say, uh, five to 10 loads a week.
0: Right well, what's, what's the dollar value of that?
1: Oh, yeah. It's so uh, if you analyzed it, it would be $400,000. When we, when we look at uh, January that we just finished, uh, we were somewhere in, the, in excess of $11 million analyzed, right? So a good 25 to 30x growth during this period.
0: And how many loads is that through your platform in January 2022 that represents $11 million in project value?
1: Uh, yeah, about 100 loads a week. Is what we do. Uh, so about 400
0: blocks. total. Yep. Okay. So so these are expensive, right? If we take 11 million in project value divided by 400 total loads, these are at 27,500 per truck on average, like per per load. What
1: 2,700, not 27,000.
0: Well, if we take 11 million divided by that's, 400. The analyzed,
1: uh, that's the annualized. That's the annualized number,
0: Nathan. Okay, got it. So again, the question was, just in January, how many did you uh-huh. do? So you did about a million in January across that's 400 right. loads. That's right. Okay, got it. so yeah, I see what you're saying now. So it's about 2,700. And what's the average use case? Are they shipping from sh- driving from Chicago to New York City or from San Francisco to Washington, DC?
1: Yeah, there's uh, not a, not a typical load for us. we, we are moving goods uh, all the way from so Southern California is big, right? All the stuff that is coming in on those ports. It's going across the country. So uh, coming in from Southern Cal into Dallas, into the Northeast, into Chicago, into Atlanta, and then you are moving goods between Northeast and the Midwest. That's a big volume. Everything from between Texas, Atlanta in the Southeast, going up into uh, the Midwest and the Northeast, those are some of the busier lanes for us. And then Mm. we do a little bit of stuff in the Rockies where uh, of course you get into all kinds of squirrely stuff as the snow snow starts coming down as heavy and uh, shutting down highways when it does that.
0: This is fascinating. Okay, so just to summarize, the marketplace as it stands today has about 1200 people that drive trucks on it and you match them up with shippers who pay for transportation where you have eight big clients right now. Total right now, your run rate, You know they did about a million bucks in total project value across those eight shippers in January. Of the 400 loads that were processed, how many truck owners, the 1,200 on your platform, facilitated one of those 400 payments or 400
1: shipments? So uh, out of the 1,200 that have joined the platform, we have actively used 700 during our lifetime till this point.
0: So what Uh, you actively use means you pay them at least a dollar?
1: You pay them at least a few thousand dollars, yes. (laughs) Okay, got it. So so yes, uh,
0: but... What happened uh, to the other 500? You you did all the work, did them on the platform, and you haven't been able to get them any work yet.
1: Yeah, every single time. So there are uh, a whole lot of things that we go through. So we go through a carrier betting period where we want to make sure that the customers are receiving the best quality service that they can. And so you go through that period, you're watching the carriers, and then some of the carriers don't qualify. They join the network, they join the platform but they don't get through the qualification process that we have to bring them in and give them a load, right?
0: What's the number one reason people don't make it through? What's the actual reason?
1: uh, There's a whole lot of uh, uh, historical data that we want to go through. We want to make sure that the insurance requirements are met, the safety requirements are met. So we allow the carriers to self-register, but if they don't meet the safety and insurance criteria, Uh, uh, it's very hard for us to work with them.
0: I see, I see. Okay, let's put this on a timeline. So you launched in 2018. You your first customers, it sounds like in 2020. You're scaling now today. Have you bootstrapped this, Ajish, or have you raised capital?
1: We we have not raised institutional capital till now. So we we have raised capital from all kinds of professionals, from uh, the supply chain space, from the technology and finance space. So a whole lot of uh, people who have been very interested and very supportive.
0: How much have you raised from those people?
1: About 5 million.
0: Okay. And would you consider that like a seed round?
1: What we did the last was uh, a pre-seed followed by a bridge round. Uh, Now the terminology for the rounds has been changing all the time. So uh, most likely what we will raise next, we are going to call it a series A.
0: I see I see but have you have you has all this been on a convertible note paper or has anyone priced around
1: We we have we have done a priced round before
0: you yes. you have okay so some portion of the 5 million you raised to date like the last tranche of that was at a priced round valuation
1: Yeah after the priced round we again went back to a safe note
0: Why did you do okay well let's break that down so what was the valuation on the priced round that you did or a range is fine
1: uh, so that was below 15 million when we when we did the priced round in uh, the end of 2020
0: Okay. And how much did you raise on the 15 million valuation?
1: That was uh, till that point, we have raised uh, right around 2.1 million till that point. So So 2.1 million.
0: Okay. So 2.1 million on notes. And then those all converted at the 15 million valuation. Did you raise more money at 15 million, like on top of the 2.1 or just 2.1?
1: Just the 2.1, including the price round. And then we raised uh, the rest of the 3 million after that on safe notes.
0: Why did you go back to a safe note?
1: It's just uh, when you're trying to do a bridge round, Nathan, it's uh, so much more convenient to go the safe route. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can get it done rather quickly. And you don't really put the onus off uh, valuation again, because the market today is where the valuations are uh, pretty nuts, uh, especially in a freight tech kind of marketplace. So uh, just to
0: be clear, that 3 million, was that this year or is 2021?
1: It was end of 21, beginning of 22. Yes.
0: I see. So 3 million C. Now, what cap was that note at?
1: About 35.
0: Okay. So it was still, your valuation still like technically went up, right? You're just comparing a, the price round to a cap. That's right. Interesting. Um, okay. Tell me more about, we haven't talked about how you make money, right? You've had this great marketplace on a $2,700 shipment. How much do you make?
1: Yeah. it's uh, So we don't, we don't approach it as a very basic marketplace because there is; those are a dime a dozen where a load comes in and they basically find a carrier and they try to make money from that. Where we make money is when we bring in all these loads from different people and we are able to utilize the resources that are coming in from the carriers, from the truckers much more efficiently. So, for example, a truck in a week would drive 2,800 miles. And get paid for less than 2000 miles we use it for about 2500 miles so those 500 additional miles generate let's say 12 to 1500 dollars in additional revenue we take a part of that so we don't make money unless we are creating those efficiencies in the market
0: And then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. So you're taking a percentage from drivers where you've taken unutilized miles-driven and made them utilized more efficient?
1: Not, not not, directly, Nathan. So what we do is we sell transportation services, trucking services to these large companies. We buy trucking services from the carriers, but we use a different model on that side. So we might combine three loads from three different shippers on one side, but then execute it as a round trip. And that's where we create the spread and make money.
0: Okay. Okay. So in January, how much did you guys make as a business about a range is fine?
1: Not, not, not going there right now. Nathan. Why is that? It's just uh, the, when we think about the margins and the EBITDA for the business, we think about it on more of an annualized basis. When you look at the trucking market right now, the trucking market is so up and down all the time, but it has been at a crazy up at historic highs the last well let's talk
0: about annualized. What months. do you what do you think you'll do in 2022 total revenue?
1: Yeah, we 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 like to target the lower end of 12 and a half to 15% on that uh, on that revenue that we bring in.
0: So got it. So on the million that you processed in January, which right now annualizes is about 12 million, you're saying you target between a 12 and 15% sort of take rate from that. That's right. I see. I see. Got it. So on a million, you could say, you know, maybe you guys took, you know, 13% of that or 130,000 bucks last month.
1: Once, once we start, yeah. So that, that depends on how efficiently we execute the freight. Uh, so that part of the fluctuates for us.
0: I see. How much will that fluctuate this year? Like, is it based off seasonality or something else?
1: It's not just based on seasonality. It's uh, based on uh, when the customer enters, where the efficiencies come in, because every single time, In new customer joins our ecosystem, we start expanding the entire footprint, including our current customers, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, as we go through the expansion, parts of it are less efficient than others. But the idea there is, as you are getting to 50 million, 100 million, 500 million, you are going to stay become very, very consistent at that 12 to 15% level.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you're doing sort of a million dollars in volume last month, do you remember what you were doing a year ago so we can calculate growth rate? Uh, zero. Well, you said that you were doing, you said that you did, let me go back to my notes here. You April, said that-
1: April of 2021.
0: April 2020 is when you processed your first five to 10 loads.
1: Yeah. So let's say April 2021 is when we did, let's say 30000 Got it.
0: Got it. I see. Got it. So you've basically, it's only February. We're about to be January, February, March, April. So you've only been in business sort of 11 months, but you've grown from your first month of revenue in April of what, about 30,000 bucks a month in revenue up to call it 100, 120-ish now, something like that. To a million. Well, 120. Well, oh, sorry. You're talking about volume, not your cut. I'm talking about your cut. So if you're doing a million in January, your cut was about 120 grand or something like that.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Back back then it would have been what three, four thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a big that's a big growth rate. Small base, obviously. We're playing games with percentages here, but still a good growth rate. Um, wh- why I guess I just don't understand with that kind of growth rate. I just don't understand why you wouldn't go keep things clean and do it on an, an a traditional equity round at like a 30, 40, 50 million valuation. Is it really that much faster? Is it worth it to go back to the note?
1: It's not about, uh, uh, so, the, so the node is just a component of the kind of round that you're doing in the timeline that you're doing it. The reason we did the bridge round was we're talking to a lot of investors, but uh, the investor that you want to bring on as a lead investor, that has a very direct implication on where the company is going to go. So we are being extremely selective about who we want to lead that round.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's
1: not like we are trying to stay away from institutional money, if we want to grow from 10 to hundred million, we are going to need institutional money and we are going to go do that round. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more it's a question of not running out of runway and just making sure that you are uh, going to get to the point where uh, you have the right investor in.
0: How do you make sure that your marketplace has liquidity? So let's say one of these eight shippers pays and needs you to ship shoes from Chicago to Denver. Uh, but you can't go buy that inventory from any truckers because some other people are paying more than you. There's a lot of these networks out there. How do you guarantee that placement?
1: Yeah, it's not just a question of... Uh, so th- that that was one of the thoughts that we had when we were starting out and uh, we were extremely focused on it. So that's the one big part where we talk about using the carriers more and more and more that we have in the network and not go for 50,000 carriers. That's a big reason. So the carrier loyalty starts building up, and when you have that focus, so in our case, we have to be, we have been able to maintain a good ninety-nine percent plus load acceptance rate with every single one of our customers. Mm-hmm. Industry standard out there is somewhere between fifty and seventy percent. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, huge jump for us, right? And uh, we we focus on that. Uh, uh, not stay away from, oh, if we have to pay a little bit more money, we'll pay a little bit more money. But over the long term, the basic concept is if you're doing right by the carrier, the carrier is going to do right by you.
0: And how many folks are on your team today full time?
1: 16 uh, people full time.
0: How many engineers?
1: We have uh, the engineering team of 10 people, including product managers.
0: Okay, okay, got it. Very interesting. Um, it, it sounds like across eight customers, I mean, it sounds like what they're oh, i mean, eight into a million, what they're each spending like 150 grand a month, something like
1: that. Some of them are just starting out, right, Nathan? So, okay. so the uh, big, huge pieces where uh, some of these customers have, uh, uh, some customers started in March and April last year. Some started in September last year. Some are just getting going. So uh, the numbers in January don't really reflect. The overall volume that we are doing with
0: these. And why are you? We'd already talked about like you have to you have to win two sides here. Why are these eight shippers choosing to go with you versus your bigger competitors that maybe can negotiate for lower rates?
1: Yeah, it's not about rates, and it's not about what uh, uh, those guys bring in. We have a fairly unique business model in that we we don't go for transactional pricing and dynamic pricing that. Pretty much everybody in the digital freight space is
0: bringing in. Which are who? Name three people in the space.
1: Uh, So uh, you have, uh, um, let's say, Convoy out of Seattle, a great company, Uber Freight. Uh, There's a company called, two companies called Transfix and LoadSmart out of New York. All of them uh, went after a very different problem in this space, right? They basically said, you have uh, a whole lot of uh, phone calls very little automation in the brokerage space. You have small carriers and owner operators have a very hard time finding a load. And they basically automated that process, brought those carriers into the mix, and they did a great job of it, right? Do you compete with, operate... freight? Do
0: you with uh, freight waves?
1: We don't compete with freight waves. No.
0: What about flock freight?
1: Not really, because flock freight is also trying to do uh, taking the less than truckload shipments and kind of executing that in a full truckload multi-stop model. Very, very different from okay. uh, where we are trying to play.
0: But aren't you all competing for the same space on those 600,000 trucking companies in the US?
1: Not not exactly. So uh, where we go is we don't really uh, specifically go and try to find supply from the small to mid-sized carriers or owner operators. Okay. We uh, We want to bring in the mid to large carriers, because we are trying to create a virtual dedicated fleet in there. And so when you are doing that, you're basically finding the capacity from wherever you can find it and uh, get that into the system, utilize them efficiently. And that utilization, that efficiency, that optimization, you're not really going to hear about that in this space at all. Nobody talks about optimization in this space when they're trying to approach this problem.
0: Very cool, Ajish. I love what you built. Great story here. In the meantime, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Peter Drucker, I guess.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or stuck in?
1: You no, know, th- that's a good question. I, I I like what Brad Jacobs did at XPO. Uh, I used to follow uh, Chris Lofgren at uh, Schneider National. Uh, there are so many of them. Uh, Tomi no. is a great example at UPS right now.
0: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business?
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough one. There's just so many different uh, technologies that we've been able to use that have shortened everything uh, that we are doing right now. Anything from uh, all the, the whole thing that AWS has compiled in there, then you combine that with... Uh, all the stuff that is happening on the fintech side, like Brex and Ramp, on the HR side, like Gusto, it's uh, every one of them has an advantage. Now, uh, when we talk about the marketing side of it, HubSpot, uh, Webflow, all these things have just made it so much easier to build the business this time around uh, than what we u- used to have uh, 10, 20 years ago, right?
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs>
1: That changes, that changes, Nathan. So <laughs> uh, anywhere from four to eight, depending on uh, what uh, what day it is and what's, uh, what and, the financial situation looks like.
0: And what's your situation? Married, single kids?
1: Married with, uh, with a very beautiful kid, yes.
0: Okay, one kiddo. And how old are you, Ajish?
1: I am, uh, uh, oh man, 55.
0: 55, last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20.
1: Oh, if I knew uh how it takes a village to build a venture like this if i knew it the first time i was trying to build my startup it would have made it so much easier so much guys sem-
0: semicab.com launched in 2018 is helping helping eight folks that need to pay truckers to ship their goods he's helping them spend about a million dollars per month right now to access over 1200 truckers on his platform they aim to take somewhere between sort of 12 and 14% of that total million dollar volume They processed their first truckload back in April last year, just 11 months ago. So, really healthy growth rate. They raised their last equity round at 2.1 million at a 15 million valuation. And then just raised this year or late last year, this year, 3 million, call it a seed round, back on a convertible note at a 35 million cap as they look to keep scaling uh, up past 16 people. We'll see what happens. Ajit, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for having me.